Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It is finally here, right? The first game of the NFL season, Cowboys v. Bucks. All the stars will be out. Dak, Jera, Ed Sheeran, everybody. And maybe, if we're really lucky, Tom Brady will actually put down his phone and quit complaining about the numbering schemes. Actually play some football. Stupid rule. Dumb rule. Stupid rule. Stupid rule. Stupid take. Stupid rule. Pretty remarkable to see a defending Super Bowl champ coming back as loaded as the Bucs are. They return every starting player on both sides of the ball from a team that won it all last year. I mean, you can make an argument that from a pure talent standpoint, this crew is actually better than the one that won it all last year. Pretty much anyone who did anything in the playoffs last year is back this year. O.J. Howard is back from his injury. The secondary, which was young last year, has another year of experience and playing and coming through in pressure situations. So what I'm saying is I don't really remember the last time I saw a defending champion with so few questions surrounding them. The only question is, how good will this team be? Can they be better than the team that won it all and has the comically large rings to show for it? So almost no real questions about that team. Maybe TB44. Maybe it's just the year that he shows up and he's old. You know how fighters once in a while, they fight, they fight, they fight, and then one night they get in the ring and it's just gone. They're shot. Suddenly they can't get off. Is that the year that that happens to Tom Brady? I don't know. I I tend to doubt it. The Cowboys, on the other hand, have lots of question marks. Question marks all over the place. Namely, is Dak Prescott healthy? According to reports, yes. But what's he going to look like, and how will he respond the first time he takes that one big shot? Because you know the Bucs and that dominant front seven are coming for this guy. And he did not play at all in the preseason, so there really is no way for us to know where he's at mentally and physically. I would never question Dak's grit, or his toughness, or his heart. But the fact remains, he has not played a game in nearly a year, an actual NFL game. 340 days since he suffered one of the nastiest injuries you are ever going to see. Since then, he's undergone two surgeries and tacked on a shoulder injury. So again, if anybody can come back from injury and adversity like that, it is Dak Prescott, but I need to see it in a game situation. And this guy's being thrown right into the fire. Yes, he's got weapons to get the ball to. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott is coming off his worst season ever, but has leaned out and looks good. But you're only as good as the guys in front of you, and they could be without the best of the bunch if all pro guard Zach Martin can't go. So, is Martin going to go tonight? Will he? Let's not get into that. He had been ruled out and put on the COVID list, ruled out, then ruled maybe, then ruled out, then ruled maybe again. He did not travel with the team to Florida, but according to the Cowboys website, he could theoretically still fly there on his own for the game if he does pass COVID tests, two of them, 24 hours apart. So is he or isn't he? Who knows? Stephen Jones told a local radio station yesterday that, quote, it's looking like a stretch, end quote, that Martin will play tonight. 
I'll tell you what it looks like to me. If he does not play tonight, they're screwed. I mean, they're pretty much screwed even if he does play tonight. But it could go really badly and get really embarrassing if he doesn't go. In fact, it could get catastrophic if he doesn't go and they can't protect Dak. Like I know that nobody gets all that fired up to talk about the interior of an offensive line. But when you're talking about a four-time All-Pro, a six-time Pro Bowler, a member of the 2010s All-Decade team, despite being drafted in 2014, and a guy who most likely is going to be fitted for a mustard blazer, you don't just next man up a dude and a player like that. And I don't care how much experience the Cowboys have on that line or how good Colin McGovern is as a replacement. Unless this guy is Steve Hutchinson or Forrest Gregg or Randall McDaniel, they're going to miss Martin for sure. And then while Dak and Zach are a couple of big questions, they pale in comparison to the questions on that Dallas D, which was absolute garbage last year. Am I right, Pac-Man? Garbage. 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 I mean, find me a better word to describe that Cowboy defense last year than garbage. Garbage. Find me a better word. Give it to me right now. A better word than garbage. Garbage. All right, so I know the big head will go to his go-to and say that they were ass. Hate to rip your thunder before your segment, head. So I'm just going to say that that defense was garbage. Garbage. I mean, how much better can it really be now than it was then? I mean, do you remember how bad it was last year? They allowed 243 points in the first seven games last year. They had 11 entire seasons where they did not allow that many points that they were casually just puking up in the first seven games. And it didn't get much better when the D coordinator, Mike Nolan, did this when he was asked about Demarcus Lawrence at a presser. Uh, obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses them, nobody, whoops, excuse me, I got something in my eye, um, just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye, that wasn't good, oh, it's terrible, jeez, I'm sorry, <laughs> give me one second, yeah, that was your D coordinator last year, I mean, like, Mike Nolan, has forgotten more about football than I will ever know. But I've never once emptied a bottle of Tabasco into my eye. And I know I never will. Nothing says, I've got this, I can turn this around, like putting Tabasco in your own eye during a press conference. Like not even Cholula, which rules, but Tabasco, which is the ass of hot sauces. That was the guy to lead the defense. That was your D coordinator. He was the coordinator. He was going to coordinate your defense. He couldn't even coordinate his own sandwich condiments. But that guy was going to lead a competitive defense in the NFL. A dude who is flushing his eyes with Tabasco. Just had some Tabasco on my Instead of re-wetting drops or Visine. That was the guy leading the defense. No wonder they were such an embarrassment. Look at the guy who was coordinating them. Like, uh, 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 hey media, 
Uh, sorry to cut this short. Uh, I just got a bunch of Grey Poupon in my eye. Uh, uh, sorry about that. I got something in my eye. Uh, check y'all later. Uh, just dropped a bunch of Ben Gay in my eye. Uh, jeez, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Really, really sorry about that. Just got some, uh, A1 in my eye. Oh, uh, sorry about that. I was just trying to eat a steak. It's terrible. Yeah, it was terrible, man. And so is your defense. Yeah, so maybe that defense will be better this year. Because honestly, I know it can't be any worse. I know they brought in some talent. I know they can't be coached any worse. But I also know this. The last thing that you want is to have a terrible young defense and have that terrible young defense go up against a weapon-laden Super Bowl champion playing at home with Tom Brady pulling the strings in front of a national audience in prime time. Have fun with that. They'd probably rather all dump Tabasco in their eyes. And yes, I know that Nolan is gone, but this is not all about Nolan. This is also about your head coach. Because if you were breaking this game down, unit by unit, and comparing the two teams, the gap between Bruce Arians and Mike McCarthy could not be any bigger. And that gap between the staff that Arians has assembled and what's left of McCarthy's SWAT team from that barn is pretty enormous. You don't believe me? Why don't we just go back to what Cowboy players were telling NFL Network's Jane Slater last year. Remember that quote that the coaching staff was, quote, totally unprepared. <clears throat> totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. These were actual NFL players saying that about an actual NFL coaching staff. And yet, that was still not as painful as the other player who told Slater that the coaches, quote, just aren't good at their jobs. End quote. One of the greatest quotes ever. Something about the simplicity of that quote makes it even more punishing. Oh, our coaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not good at their jobs. <laughs> it's so awesome. Like, I would tell you to coach them up, Mike, but apparently you're not good at your job, and neither are the guys you brought in. I would tell you to coach them up, Mike, but I don't think it really matters because I know you can't, and you're going to get hammered tonight. The question is not whether or not you can win. You can't. It's whether or not you can stay within that nice, Fat point spread. No pun intended. None taken, I'm sure. Something the big head and I will break down next hour. Like, I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. Your defense or your choice in hot sauce. Tabasco. At least mix in some Tapatio or some Frank's Red Hot. Or Louisiana. Or Sriracha even. Put that Cholula down. Put that coffee Cholula down. is for closers only. I'll say this though. Cowboys may suck at coaching, but they do not suck at making money. They're valued at 6.9 bill. Bill. With a B. 6.9 billion. And that's coming off a six-win year. It's like a bill for every win. Money like that would make even Jera himself cry. We, we, uh, we just had a great experience. We, 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 
we just got appraised. We're worth seven bill. We, we, uh, we just had a we're, we're, great we're, we're, experience. We're worth more than anybody. It, it, we just we're had horrible. a great experience. Like he cares. 1-800-636-8686. I care. I care that we got football back. Even in a beatdown like that. Boy, that line has moved. So let's take a moment to talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines, totals, props, futures, boosted parlays, or even live betting, WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, MMA, boxing, tennis, golf, and more? It's all right there in your WinBet app. Listing in Michigan or New Jersey, try your hand inside WinBet's digital casino. All your favorite games from the casino floor are now in the palm of your hand. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, bet you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at win resorts discounted hotel stays priority and entertainment free merch it really is the finest loyalty program in the industry call it a win win whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for the WinBet app. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You've got to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Duran Payne is my guest. Duran, great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Nice to have you. So training camp is over. The season, the off season itself is over. We're a couple of days away from the opening of the season. Man, how fired up are you to get back on the field with fans in the stands and get the season underway? I'm 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 very excited. It's uh it's been a long time since we've had like the the whole like real NFL football atmosphere since we took a break last year from having fans. So it's gonna be it's gonna be electrifying out on Sunday. So what we're going to get is the NFL experience. Let me ask you about last year really quickly. You guys were coming off a year where you got off to a rough start, and you were 2-7 and seven at one point, but nobody gave in, nobody gave up, and you end up winning the division, and then you gave Tampa Bay all they could handle in the playoffs. I know you're not satisfied, but when you look back on last year, how much pride is there in what you guys accomplished in the second half of the season? Um, I think we just tried to take, take everything we did in the second half of the season and just build Build on it like this whole off season, and um, like we we know like every season you have to you have to rebuild. You can't just just go off the momentum from from a last season. You have to um, just build that and then just keep on crafting and um, just try to get back with with your new team. So I feel like I feel like it, it just gave us going to our new our new stage. So you've got the new season. You go back to zero. But let me ask you one thing about that playoff game because you had a huge, huge day. You had five tackles. You had three quarterback hits. You had a couple of sacks. You had a forced fumble. I mean, that really was an amazing performance in your first ever playoff game. What do you remember about that day? And then how much more hungry does that make you to want to get back and be in that position once again? Uh, it was just my first playoff game. So I was I was excited. I was really excited and uh, just ready to ball, ready to uh, – Put it, put it all on the line. You know, if you lose, you go home. So, 
I wasn't really ready to uh, be done playing. So I, I went out there and just gave it my all. And uh, it, I don't know, it just, it just gave me, gave me um, like a little hope. Like it can always, like, I, I know I can always improve and um, always get better. But that game just made me feel like, all right, we can do something good. Deron Payne joining us. You can do something good. You put that thought in your head, and then you think of the guys you've got around you, right? That defensive front includes you, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. What's it like to play with these guys, and then how much do you all feed off of each other? Oh, there's a bunch of fun playing with, those, with uh, all those guys. It's just like everywhere you look is a different kind of muster of his own. So, I don't know. We we all just – we like, we – during in between plays, we play around with things like we can work off each other, we can talk to each other, and um, just like use each other in, in between plays. So, it's, I don't know, it's just good being like you can learn so much from a whole bunch of different guys that all have their own special abilities. I know better than to ask you to look beyond what you're doing right now. I mean, probably you're the ultimate example of be where your feet are, especially coming through Alabama where you understand the process. But if I were to take a step back, and if I look at the schedule this year, you're going to play four teams that played in the championship games last year, which means you'll face Tom Brady again, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, a lot of defenses might look at that like, damn, that that's a major challenge. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that. Or are you kind of looking at it the other way? Like, I have an opportunity. I want to be able to make a statement in those games. Is it a good thing to match up with those kind of quarterbacks? Uh, I feel like I feel like this is going to be a good thing to uh, match up with those guys during the season because, like, when we get to the playoffs, we're going to be able to already have seen seen those things, have already been through them, have, have already, like, just been weathered to, to all the different type of good quarterback players and good teams out there, so... I'm excited for the challenge. All right, so like the guy you're going to face this week is not one of those guys, not yet, but Justin Herbert's off to a great, great start. As you've been getting ready for him, what's it look like to you in terms of the key to stopping him and the Chargers offense? How do you approach that? What's the key? Uh, Justin, he's a, he got a bunch of um, he's like he got a bunch of ability, uh, a great passes. We just got to on defense wise, we got to get pressure to him and. Um, just confuse them up front and just ball out on D. That's what we try to do every every game. Deron Payne joining us. I've got so much respect for your coach, Ron Rivera. Curious, what's it like to play for him and to be a part of a develop developing a winning culture in that organization with him as the leader? Oh yeah, Coach Rivera. He's a great leader. He's uh, definitely uh, one of the best coaches I've I've, I've uh, played up under, and uh, I'm just excited. To have him in Washington, like he's been turning things around, and um, I know he has the whole team just pumped up, and, and everybody just ready to uh, rally behind him. All right, so everybody saw and remembers your TD against Clemson, where you showed off your gold hands. You got to take me back though. Is it true? Were you really a running back and a fullback back in the day? Oh uh, yeah, but like literally middle school. When when I got to high school, that's when I started playing defensive line. And um, in, in college, they played me at fullback. Me and J.A., we played a little fullback. So what was the transition like from running back to D-line? Um, I don't know. It was, I, I kind of played a little bit of everything. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too hard. I was getting bigger, too. So it was like, yeah, it's, it's about time to um, put my hand in the dirt.
And let me ask you something. Does this sound like you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. What that means is no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. It's brilliant. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. As I mentioned, I've never spoken to the man. I've never interviewed the man. I've never met the man. However, the rise of Dan Campbell continues in the jungle. He's become a jungle favorite around here, even before coaching his first official game in the D. And a new profile in the athletic is pushing his stock even higher. Again, I've never even spoken to this guy. I'd like to. In fact, I'd love to. But honestly, he won me over on day one at that intro presser. Pretty much the very second he started bumping his gums and talking about eating kneecaps. We're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. I mean, this dude, just getting all cannibal with it. Most coaches will never give you a soundbite like that, ever, in their entire career. This guy that was just getting started, because Dan the man just could not stop one-upping himself all summer long. I mean, when he's busy not digesting patellas, when he's not busy, he's juicing up his own team. In ways that only a guy like that can. Like when he thanked the prior regime for leaving him with a turdless roster. There's no turds here. There's no bad guys. Like these guys work now. We don't have guys, I'm lazy, we don't really have those guys. And uh, that's a good thing. There's no turds here. There's no turds here. Another great quote. You've got guys who go their entire careers without giving you anything that good. And he's just off the cuff like, hey man. Look, we've got no turds here. There's no turds here. No turds here. There's this no turds work. here. Every time this guy opens up his pie hole, something amazing flies out. We've got no turds here. There's no turds here. I wish I could say the same about the XR4TI. No turds mentioned, Rit. <laughs> just kidding, bro. There's no October turds 14th, here. old man. October 14th. You just got to get there. Finally. So that's pretty amazing in and of itself. But not as amazing as the coach's description of his daily caffeine intake. Well, to normally what I do is I get, I'll get two venti. I go, you know, Starbucks. I get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye in both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day. So. So what do you say? He, he starts with two ventis with a couple of shots in each. 
Isn't venti like that 72-ounce cup? It's like bigger than a big gulp. I got nothing against Starbucks. I hit it every single day. In fact, yeah, I hit it every single day. I like it. I'm not obsessed with it, but I like it. And I love the crew that I see every single morning. They're pros. But, I mean, can you do me a favor and just go back to the old way? Small, medium, large. I don't really speak the language. Venti, grande. I'm assuming what he's talking about are the two gigantor cups. And, again, I would crack him for adding a shot, but I do the same thing. I go add shot. And they've got a way of saying things. It's not like, can I also get a shot of espresso in my grande nitro, which I do. Which I do. It's always, quote, add shot. Gal takes my order. She's great. She's a super pro. Probably been there 10 years or more. Always like, would you like your ad shot? Yes, I would like my ad shot, please. And then you want some self-deprecation. Yeah, he does that too. How many NFL head coaches have you ever heard refer to themselves like this? No, there's no way to sugarcoat that. You know, I'm an asshole. So there's, that's about the best way to put it. All right, so he's talking about there, there are no turds. We're gonna There's eat. No knee, here. We're gonna bite kneecaps, and I'm an a-hole. This guy's the best. He did himself like that because he cut longtime Lions long snapper Don Mulebach, but he did it on the dude's 40th birthday. The same dude who happened to be a former teammate of Campbell's from 06 to 08. So yeah, that's harsh, but it's also the National Football League, which is a ruthless league. What it doesn't typically have in that league, though, is head coaches who get basically dusty and choked up about cutting 40-year-old special teamers, and especially when that guy is a badass himself and a cannibal. But my guy is anything but typical. In fact, he's as atypical as they come. And the point was hammered home again this week in that profile in the Atlantic, or the Athletic, I should say. And in that piece, it starts with this amazing story about Dan the Man's final season as a player in the league with the Saints. After a 10-year career that saw him raking over 12 mil in earnings, he signed in New Orleans to try to chase a Super Bowl. So naturally, he decides the best spot to live was at a campground near the practice facility in a freaking camper, an RV, a mobile home. My man left his family in Texas and moved to a trailer in the bayou. No amenities, no distractions, no nonsense, just freaking ball. That's what Dan Campbell was there to do. And not a whole hell of a lot has changed from the looks of things. But the real gold on this piece was found digging into his college days at Texas A&M. More specifically, digging into his party habits. Because surprise, surprise, my man could hammer beers. And this dude partied all night. And not just once in a while, but as a rule. Like, that was his thing. You party until the sun comes up. You finish. You finish. And you know this guy refused to party alone. You know this guy rallied everybody around him to see the sunrise. And it was not optional either. It was mandated. As one of his former teammates describes, quote, the deal was, we're having a party tonight and nobody's going to bed until the sun comes up. Dan was real big on that. Hey, you going to let your boys down and go to bed right now? Only two more hours until the sun's up. 
I thought that's what we were going to do. End of quote. And then after the biggest win of their college careers, A&M's gigantic Big 12 championship victory over undefeated K-State back in 98. Campbell apparently kept the party going for two full days. Forget seeing one sunrise, this future NFL legend pushed his teammates to drink all night, then all day, and then all through the next night again. You want to talk about hell week. The buds got nothing on this guy. Yeah, Dan the Man was that guy. Sometimes that guy is kind of annoying. Sometimes that guy is kind of a sloppy mess. Sometimes that guy is kind of a bad influence. You know, even kind of reckless, scary. Not our dude. This guy is just the opposite. Quote, you can't be the one who bails on him. There's a dozen of us up there sitting outside having 6 a.m. beers. We're looking around like, oh, my God. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, what am I doing? Well, I'll tell you here? what we're doing here. If like, we, if what we leave, here? he'll kick our ass. What are we? What are we doing, doing here? We're finishing our beer. What are like, we doing what here, we man? Doing? We're waiting for the sun to come like, up so Campbell doesn't choke us out. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Let me tell you what you're doing here. What are you're we following doing a freaking leader, on and off the field, a dude that for whatever reason. Nobody has ever been able to say no to. Another teammate describes it perfectly in the piece. Quote, he just has a gift. You want to do things for him. It sounds odd, but some people just have that and some people don't. He's got it. End of quote. That's so true. I've only known a few people like that in my life, but the kind of person that you want their approval, the kind of person that you admire and you respect, so much that you want them to give you some love. That you'll follow them almost anywhere and do anything for them. He's that guy. And that right there is why our dude Dan is more than just a good soundbite and a jungle legend and an A&M legend. That's why he's exactly what the Lions need. A one-man culture builder. Hell, never mind culture builder he's a damn cult leader if this dude told me to lie down on a cot with a roll of quarters and black nikes in a mansion in rancho santa fe and wait for the mothership to come and get us after eating the jello i'd probably do it i'd probably do it Man, that weirdo Marshall Appleface or whatever his face was, he's got nothing on Dan Campbell. Yeah, because that wasn't a weird cult. But I'm telling you, if this guy told me to do that, I'd be in that house and that mansion in Rancho Santa Fe with my black Nikes and my cot and my royal quarters waiting on the mothership. In the very least, he's somebody who can actually make a big difference in Detroit. Somebody who might just be able to lead the Lions out of their misery. So best of luck to Dan the Man and the Lions this season. I don't root. I don't play favorites. But I will make an exception for a legend. And this guy's already a freaking legend around here. And he hasn't even won a damn thing. He hasn't even coached a damn minute that matters. But that doesn't matter to me at all. And I can't wait to see his cannibals hit the field and start gnawing on the competition. 
Hey, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. The defending Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay, going up against the artist formerly known as America's team, a busted-up Cowboys team that finished third in one of the worst divisions ever. Now, I would say they're improved. That's only because they can't be any worse than they were. Improved, but not good enough to beat Tampa Bay. That's essentially a given. Dallas is not going to win that game tonight. We know this. That's not the question. The question is, can they stay within eight and a half or nine and a half or nine or eight or seven and a half or wherever you got that game when you hit that game? Like, by the, by the way, like, where is that line? It keeps moving. Like, on the one hand, sometimes you get rewarded if you get down early. Sometimes you get hurt by waiting until the last minute. There really is no rhyme or reason. I want to be very clear about this. That game opened up. When I saw it, it was Tampa minus 7.5, and and I saw it move on some sites all the way to 9.5 before it settled back to 9 or 8.5. So let me bring in the big head, James Kelly. Head, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Jim? How you doing, man? Good, dude. How about you? I'm doing great. Five months of NFL, man. Life is great. Have you ever actually measured the size of your head? Seven and seven eighths, 150 pounds. Just round that thing up to eight, man. Just do it. Close. All right. Close. So, I mean, first of all, first things first, where is the number? I'm going to look at my site right now, but what number do you see for that game tonight? Well, if I refresh again, which I'm afraid to do so, I still, I got nine now. We had eight this morning. We had seven and a half, like you said. When it opened a while ago, because they always give those first lines week ones, it was like six and a half, but you had it at nine and a half earlier this week so now right now i got minus nine tampa bay all right so i see the same thing tampa bay minus nine and i was so pissed because it's seven and a half i'm like yeah i think i'll wait and then it went right to nine and a half somehow some way i hit that thing at eight this this morning morning, but if we're talking to everybody right now what number are we going to use i mean if it's nine everywhere you kind of have to play that number right yeah, and I and I may got I got about three platforms, and they all have nine, so I'm gonna have to use nine for everybody else, Jim. And I'm actually gonna hit the minus nine here. Um, the worry for me on Tampa is their pre-week 13 inconsistency last year. I bet them a lot. They were the most inconsistent team in the NFL, it seemed, during that time frame, week to week. But of course, they got in a roll and they covered seven of their last nine in route to destroying KC in the Super Bowl. Now. I don't expect that finished product we saw in the Super Bowl, but I can't go with Dallas given their situation. Namely, like you said earlier, Dak. I'm shocked they won't give him any reps this preseason. It just doesn't seem like the smartest plan to throw him in there against this Tampa D. But again, Mike McCarthy is that head coach, so it's not too surprising. Also, that Dallas defense that you said, a lot of new parts on the field and in the booth, but... The spread numbers do like the Bucks here, Jim. Super Bowl champs are very, very good week one following winning the title. They are 13-4-3 in the last 20 years there. Tampa is also 4-0 in their last four home games. And under McCarthy in year one in Dallas, the Cowboys were the worst team in football against the spread going 5-11. That's 31% coverage. And they were also 1-4 as an away dog. 
Tampa has the advantage on the trends, offense, defense, coaching. Their biggest concern is their special teams, teams, Jim. No joke, they have been serial ass for years on special teams. They're horrible, but I'm still going Bucks minus nine tonight. All right, so a couple of thoughts here. Number one, their special teams play has not just been ass, but quote, serial, serial ass. ass for He's calling yourself a new phrase. Mm-hmm. Number two, I got to be honest with you, Head. From me to you, and don't take this the wrong way, I'm just giving you some constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Dude, you sound flat. You sound flat. You don't have your normal swagger. You don't have your normal confidence. You don't feel so good about this pick, do you? This, this, this Either that or you're having a bad day on air. And I think it's what you said last se- uh, last segment is money, man. It's coming in here. I've never seen three or four hours before the first game of the year go up, down, up, down, up, down. I love seven and a half, but now I'm at nine, man. But I'm still going there. I'm still going minus nine. And we have no choice. Like, what are you going to do? I'm looking at, uh, how about this, dude? The money line has moved to minus 435. Minus 435. Mm -hmm. Too much. Yep, too much. Way too much. I mean, they're going to win the game, but, yeah, you you don't want to. If something does happen. So, again, let's just back this up. This is exactly what the doctor did not order. A Mm jacked-up defense starting the season against an offense that returns everybody, has weapons everywhere, has the goat pulling the trigger. I mean, there's no reason to believe that (laughs) Cowboy defense is going to be able to get off the field at all tonight. But then again, let me make this point. The hell does Jerry Jones care whether or not they get their asses kicked? Either way, we're talking about Jarrah. Either way, we are looking at Jarrah. And most of all, that's what he wants. He gets paid either way. I mean, why even waste money on that gigantic ass scoreboard that he has in that sparkling stadium? It's not like he ever looks at it. I mean, how much could he really care given who he has as head coach? Am I right, head? Yeah, there's a reason why he's uh, crying a lot lately, Jim, and it's because he, being the greatest marketer and salesman in the history of the NFL, has realized he got worked on the load of bleep. Mike McCarthy, the salesman, sold him on Mike McCarthy, the head coach, Jim. I think the Mike McCarthy project is going to go down as one of the greatest sales con jobs of all time. The dude spent a year studying trends, Jim, at his farm, sitting on his tractor, and he literally didn't apply any trend or new age thought in his first year on the job. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I think it's the funniest thing ever that Jones got taken by McCarthy here. It's so funny, right? Because that's the one guy, right, like that you should not be able to get over on is Jarrah. Is Jarrah. Man, Jarrah. Jarrah's old school. Jarrah Jera built himself up from nothing, and he got worked by McCarthy because of that video of Big Mike sitting in his big farm with his friends, the other members of that SWAT team, studying trends, having their meetings, meeting every week like they were a real coaching staff. And it worked, dude. Not only did he get back into the NFL as a head coach, he got the premier job in the NFL as a head coach. He got over on that old guy. Yeah, and I'm wondering for all the people that actually had access to that barn, did they actually look on the VHS tapes to see if there's actually anything on them or the actual pictures in the binders to see if they were actually organized with new train thoughts? Because the guy who was too busy getting rubbed his uh, rubbed down his final season in Green Bay to actually coach all of a sudden becomes the football workaholic numbers and IQ savant that Dallas just hired is the funniest thing I've ever heard. You love that, dude. It's coming. It's coming. What about Dak? To your point about, you know, how do you throw this guy into the fire? Well, I mean, no, he didn't get any reps or snaps in the preseason, but he did have that bad wing. If you had to guess, is there any way this guy exploded his ankle? It was a devastating injury. He's got that bad wing. I mean, if there's anybody that I would trust 
It's Dak. But how do you know? And then we know that front seven. You know they're coming for him. Any idea how Dak shows up? Well, that's the worry too, right? I mean, if he does show up and he is himself, you said it earlier with Zach Martin. They put in an average player. Well, Zach Martin is probably the best right guard in the NFL. He is a Hall of Famer. And that line, it like, look, the last couple years, not last year because they were banged up with injury, it's not the best line in football anymore. At its best, it's probably top five, and Zach Martin is the most talented guy there. So you don't have them against that front seven of the Buccaneers. And even the Buccaneers got uh, Joe Tryon, who's a rookie, who's going to be a great ball player. They have more and more uh, pass rush than they had last year, too. So I don't know how he shows up. There's a lot of factors that are working against him. I do love his weapons, but again, if you can't block... It's hard to get the ball to him. He's got guys to throw the football to. There's yes. no doubt about that. And I think this this concern about the Tampa Bay secondary, that's garbage, man. That's ass. These guys are young, but they showed up big. In fact, they had as much to do with that Super Bowl win as anybody. I love that secondary. And you know they're feeling themselves they're really quickly. They're going to get better, too. Yeah, yeah they're going to get better. Let me hit refresh. Let's see one more time. Still minus nine. Do you have any interest in the over-under? What's the number you see there? I see 51 and a half there. I'm not going to hit that. A couple of plays I might take a um, – I'll look at the, uh, uh, I think, two and a half touchdown passes for Tom Brady. I'll go over there. I'll go small on that. <laughs> but I'm not going to touch the 51 and a half. It's actually one of the higher point totals of the week This for uh, I've got 52. Here. Mine's 52. Hey, okay, you're not, you're not big you on this. Again. All right, so this this is the number. You are going bucks minus nine, but you're not thrilled about it. That's what I'm hearing from you. That's exactly right, Jim. All right, Head. We'll see, man. We'll be watching the game tonight. Good job. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for the bonus hit. Can't wait. Thanks. You got it. The big Can't head, wait. James Kelly. So if you have ever been behind the wheel of a high-performance sports car and you realize then how much better a car can be, you never want to settle for a regular car ever again. Am I right? Yeah, well, I feel the exact same way about my X chair. From the moment I first sat down in it, I understood why many consider X chair to be the finest office chair in the world. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the L-Max massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-Chair. And once you feel that customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair ever again. Take my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free, for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never, ever go back. I promise. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X chair r-o-m-e.com for 100 bucks off your order x chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort that's xchairrome.com miles gaskin is my guest miles good to have you back how are you i'm good thanks for thanks for all that man i ain't heard that in a long time <laughs> nah, you got That's it you earned it you earned it let me Appreciate ask you it. so you're gonna face the patriots in the opener on sunday man just how good does it feel to be in a game week and preparing for a regular season game with the fans and the complete nfl experience once again uh it feels great um like you said with the fans part um just just excited for that excited obviously we ain't playing at home so it's not our fans but I'm excited to be in those type of environments again. I mean, that's a that's a football atmosphere that you love. And, and then the sense of community coming off a rough year with COVID and everything, just seeing people back in the stands screaming and yelling and having fun again. 
Miles Gaskin, my guest, no doubt. So every season opener is going to be big, but how much bigger and how much more intense is it when it's against a division rival? Um, obviously, it's huge because it, it matters the most. But I mean, at the at the end of the day, um, we're just taking it one play at a time, uh, one day at a time, uh, preparing and uh, just ready ready to do it. But uh, just just working, working hard right now. So when it when the time comes, we'll be hyped up for it for sure. All right. Speaking of the work, when you and I spoke last season, we talked about how you established yourself in Miami. So now that you're preparing for your third season, do you feel like a vet, or do you still feel like the young guy, the new guy? Um, I feel like a vet, um, definitely, uh, just going into year three a little bit. Um, obviously, I got a lot to learn still, um, just from the older guys. Having having Malcolm Brown in the room has been a lot of help for myself. Um, but definitely, I, I'm not a rookie at all anymore. I mean, the, the young guy excuses ain't there anymore at all. I, I think those kind of go out the window after your rookie rookie camp anyways. But uh, definitely a little bit older, but still got a lot more, a lot more to learn, a lot more to grow from. So, yeah. I like that. The young guy excuses are out the door. You know, earlier this offseason, I thought you said something that was really interesting. You said, I'm better, just more better in the mind, better just physically, ready to go. I know what I'm looking for. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I'm trying to get those all to become strengths and make my strengths even stronger. My, my response, my question for you is, how much of the growth in your game has been physically, and then how much of it has been in your mind? Um, I would say a lot more in my mind. Obviously, the physical aspect, just uh, making that jump. Obviously, from high school to college, there's always a jump. And then from college to the league, there's an even bigger jump just with the guys you're playing against. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger. So you got to do that. But I think the mental is the, the biggest for myself. Um, everybody's good. Everybody's fast. And I think if you can just know what you're looking for just for – that uh, that play that you have in front of you right now, um, you can be just that tenth of a second or whatever it may be quicker than the opposition. So I think that's been my biggest uh, biggest strength um, in the sense of just growing. I think when I first came in, I was so used to just kind of playing football and reacting to everything. And uh, once you get older, once you get into the league, I mean that that's that's not always how you can play. I mean, obviously there's there's some guys that can just out there just kind of muscle everything, but not being the biggest guy, you gotta uh, kind of tap into that mental aspect of it. Miles Gaskin joining us. That's interesting to me. Like something else you've said, it's not about getting to the league. It's about how long you can stay in the league. And to quote, you were a seventh round pick. There are a lot of guys who were selected ahead of you who are no longer even in the league. So what does it take to not only survive, but to thrive in the NFL in your mind? Uh, just taking it every day. Just one day at a time. Uh, appreciating every day you have. Um, I feel like having a having an open mind to listen to coaches. They always say, uh, I mean, I feel like people hear this from when uh, you're little, you got one mouth, two ears. Um, so, obviously, just listening to coaching, taking coaching in, um, kind of coming in the coming in the door with no pride, kind of leaving that outside, and uh, just ready to work every single day. I think that's just how you come about uh, do anything in this life, and uh, this just happens to be football for me. All right, so it's it's got to be something like where you got to work every single day. The last time you were on, we talked about the work that you do with your trainer Tracy Ford after the season ended. You hit him. Uh, pretty quickly and said, let's get to work. I'm curious, what were the things that you wanted to work on, and are you feeling a difference right now because of that work? Definitely. Um, just just working on everything, just starting from ground zero again. Um, I think a lot of people kind of kind of go into each offseason kind of trying to rebuild themselves or oh, I need to do this brand new thing. I think I, I think we just stayed, stayed true to the things I've been doing since I was in high school and uh, just working on excelling at those just quick feet, um, stronger, stronger legs, obviously stronger upper, but 
just trying to just trying to get the most out of every single workout, every single day. Um, definitely taking care of my body more. Uh, I, I did some more Pilates this year. I think just kind of finding different ways to work your body, work your mind. It's not always about how much you can put on a bar and just lift, but definitely just kind of work on my body in different ways. Just I think that was the biggest thing for me this year. But I mean, just attacking each and every day. Let me follow you up on that. What about Pilates? Like, what was the thinking behind adding Pilates, and what were those sessions like? Uh, I used to do yoga. I feel like everybody tries something, something new uh, every once in a while. I did yoga in college. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And uh, he kind of, Tracy trying to kind of turn me on to Pilates. Um, KD, actually, uh, uh, Ken Drake, when I was a rookie, he did Pilates. And uh, I, was, I was really open to that. And uh, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's a different kind of working, working your muscles a little bit differently, not something you're always used to. So just kind of just doing something new, keep your mind uh, activated. Um, you, you can get bored with the same workout sometimes. And just doing something new, just kind of stretching your body in that type of way. I like that. To, uh, be good at that. Yeah. I was going to say, I like that little muscle confusion. Keep your mind activated. That's all good. Yeah. Miles Gaskin joining us. So the team had five wins in its first season under Brian Flores. Then you doubled that in year two. So what are your expectations for this year? Is it all about making the playoffs? Uh, I think it's all just about taking taking everything one at a time. Like I said, um, obviously you hear all types of things on on the internet on ESPN about what people think of each and every team, what people think about us. But I think in this building that we focus on each practice, each meeting, um, when it was camp, when it was camp, when it's game week, it's game week. Uh, when we're playing the Patriots, as of this week, we're, we're locked on it, locked in on them. So it's not about uh, what's to come, just what's right in front of us. So. Somebody else, I'm curious, you and I have talked for a moment about what it's been like for you year to year. You have Tua entering his second season in the league. How different does he look to you now compared to the end of last season? Um, he, he looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, obviously, with the with last year being what it was with COVID and he was coming off of injuries and stuff like that, he was doing what he had to deal with. Um, no preseason as well for him as a rookie. I think every I think that kind of was a huge thing for him and every rookie in the NFL. Um, just coming in this year, I think he had more control of the offense in the sense of his mind and what he wanted to see, how he wanted routes ran, how he wanted things to look, and, and just taking that next step as a leader. I think he's kind of taking that next step in every every aspect of, of being a quarterback. Um, and uh, I just I just love how he's grown. I mean, it's inspiring. I mean, obviously, when your quarterback's striving to be his best, you want to be your best. You want to kind of compete with him. Obviously, two different positions, but just keep on working. When you have somebody working just as hard or even harder right next to you, I mean, it's motivating. You know, I appreciate that response from you. It's interesting because, of course, the team announced the five captains this week, and Tua was not one of them, and then there was all this reaction about that in the media, suggestions about what that may mean or say about Tua. What was your reaction to that? Uh, I, I didn't have any reaction to it. I don't think, I don't think a leader – I don't. I think he's a leader. I, I mean, a captain is just to see. I mean, I mean, some people take it seriously. I, I mean, it is what it is to me. But I don't. When you say you're a captain, does that make you not a leader? I don't think so. I think he's been a great leader of this offense throughout camp. I think he's going to be a great leader throughout uh, the season. And uh, I, I don't think the the captain tag really means too much and hit and for him. And uh, I mean, we all rally behind him. So if he has that C on his jersey or not, I mean, we we right behind him. So it doesn't bother me. And I don't think it bothers. I know for a fact, it don't bother anybody else in this in this building. So I don't think it's a huge deal.
We're talking about Miles Gaskin. All right, so one last thought. There's been a lot of turnover in Miami over the past few years. So how would you describe the culture that Chris Greer and Brian Flores are developing? Um, sure. I don't want to sound repetitive, but just taking every day one, one day at a time and striving to be the best at it. Um, I think, I think, like I said, during camp, uh, we competed very well with each other. And we had our joint practices and, Every day was pretty much treated like a game. Like, hey, we need to go do this, that, and the third, and uh, we come back in. If it didn't go as well as we wanted to, we were we were in our books, we were watching film, we were trying to critique ourselves, uh, not only as coaches to players, but players to players. And uh, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. Um, just taking one day at a time, never looking too far, and, and trying not just to not to survive it down, but excel at it down. You know what I'm saying? Um, just trying to be great. So I think that's the biggest thing in this culture hey, let me ask you something like i get this when you say i don't want to be repetitive but that that's what it is man that's what the process right. is it really is one day at a time every single day yeah. win the day i mean i understand that i respect that i want to ask you this like when you wake up every single day i mean are you fired up every single day are you inspired every single day or maybe there's some days where you're kind of dragging ass but you just know like hey man i gotta get after this even more on those days where i don't feel right yeah, um, I grew up, personally, I think everybody has their own kind of way of motivating themselves, but I grew up with two parents that went to work every single day. My dad used to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning every single day. I used to hear him get up. I, uh, my mom used to get me and my brother ready um, at, at 6 o'clock in the morning most of the time. And uh, just thinking back on those days when, when I'm not necessarily feeling it, in that sense, um, I, I, I kind of just drift back to those days and having parents that really loved me and uh, if it, if it's just as easy just to be a football player than to parent, I mean, you know, that's kind of what I reflect on for myself. I think that's great. I think that's awesome. You think back to those days. You understand the sacrifices they made. You know Pops was rolling out every day at 4 a.m., and you know he didn't want to do that every single day, but he did. Right. He did. He did for the fam. Man, he did. I get that. Mm-hmm. Miles Gaskin, season opener is New England Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern on CBS. He's coming off a big year. Miles, great to have you back. I appreciate you, and I appreciate the conversation. Good luck this weekend. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. If you ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you don't see the train or it appears to be moving slowly and you're thinking maybe you can get across the tracks before the train comes, think about this. Even if the engineer sees you and applies emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over one mile to stop, over a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late and the resulting crash will be deadly. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Wisconsin. Jake in Wisconsin. Hey, Jake, how are you? Well, I'm well. Thanks for the vine. Hey, I just wanted to give you the invite if you're in the neighborhood this weekend. Uh, the River Falls, Wisconsin College Rodeo. We're going we're gonna to be using a brand new bucking bull that we named after you. We call him Pimp in a Box. He bucks. He rides on trucks. And when he gets around his cows, you know what he likes to do, Rome. After the rodeo, we're going downtown to watch the Badgers. Balls in your court. Out. Let's go to Beaks in Studio City. I grew up in the 818, 818 for life. In terms of the 818, there's almost nothing better than Studio City. Except apparently he's no longer there. I got to find out what's up. Beaks, dude, did you blow out of Studio City? 
Hey, brother. Good to hear you. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. And this is why uh, I'll tell you. So after 21 years of living and working in the A18, I moved back to my hometown of Ventura County in the 805. It was just time to, to get a change in life. And um, it's a good thing for I me. I like that, dude. No, actually, I, and, I, I absolutely, I respect that. Good for you, man. Well done. And and one thing I want to say is I want to give a shout out to the best boss I had in 21 years, who's a good friend of the show, Adam Carolla. He was an amazing boss. I loved working for him and working on those documentaries we did. So anyways, that being said, so I, I getting on the Cowboys thing. So I, I was recently talking to Tyler in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, about Hard Knocks because we couldn't believe the captured for like the 29th time. And then that being said, we learned an interesting fact. According to corny-ass Mike McCarthy, they have two fantasy football sleepers. One is named Charlie Bleeparound, and the other guy is named High School Henry. I mean, was Bleeparound, Blob, Blob or Bob not available? You know, it's really, Cowboys, you're corny, man. Come on. I hope Tampa Bay whoops them tonight. And then so Lerome brought up something that's been coming up about your Wisconsin, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And it's about, you know, the gooses, geeses, maverick and goose issue that you have that it keeps going on. And I, th- I have a different take on this. I think you should have some fun with it. I think you should get the pontoon boat ready, fill a crate of about 300 copies of Matt and L.A.'s crappy phone dip them in antifreeze, popcorn, and Solerone's pepper, and then start launching said phones at that herd of geese, and I guarantee you the... That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. All over the map, dude. Not a very good call. Good luck in the 805. I can appreciate that move. But what are we dipping in antifreeze? Matt's phone? I don't know, bro. Also, what's this stuff about a quick shout out to my boss, Adam Carolla? What, does Matt work for Jimmy Kimmel? What was that? Where did that come from? A shout out to my boss, Adam Carolla. Where did that come from? Like Cal in Vegas going to shout out to his boss, Howard Stern? Good night.